great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to do rhyme it. Just that's where he just after Ooh, ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other fantastic host of this show, Nick. And Nick, we're coming off of an insane overtime victory. It feels good to be back in the win column, two and two. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. I feel like I uh, almost survived a uh, you know avalanche of emotion that uh, overcame me through the course of that game. But we're two and two. We're 500. If I looked at the schedule, I thought we would have been worse at this point in the season. So I'm happy with the uh, with where we are. You know it. It was a it was a nail biter, but we came out on top and we credit to the team. They did a good. We job. certainly did. Credit to the coach. Uh, some conservative play calling a little bit there down the stretch, but it seemed like it was improved in overtime, and it was good when it was necessary. Um, but if you guys are realizing, we did have an episode uploaded onto the channel before this, but the quality was so poor, we wanted to correct our mistakes because you guys were such incredible listeners, and because we love you so much, we wanted to make sure that this was a much improved episode. And also, before we jump into anything else, make sure that you guys ram it. like and subscribe, be a part of the movement. We are continuously making improvements. Hopefully, we're trying to. We're not that technically advanced, but uh, at least we're big Rams fans and we are components of winning. So we are going in the right direction, hopefully. Yes, we are. I'm just like this Rams team, just like the record-breaking Puka Nakua out here, you know, tearing down walls. We're trying to do the exact same thing. So, yeah, really appreciate you guys listening and taking the time and, you know, Dean for being a perfectionist. It's great. <laughs> How about Puka Nakua is the real perfectionist? Nine catches, 163 yards, and the walk-off touchdown. I, I feel like uh, the, the target share is so high. It's at 32%. He's getting a lot of volume. When Cooper Cup comes back, there's going to be a whole nother conversation about how to use both weapons. Um, and I think the utilization of both of those players is going to be interesting as the offense continues to evolve and the run game continues to get better and the offensive line continues to gain confidence. But Nick, I want to pose the question to you. Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup and Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson, who are your three favorite to put on the field at any given time in 11 personnel? Oh, I mean, a, it's a really tough question. I am absolutely a little worried about where the Rams will be next week and the role Puka Nakua is going to take because he has filled the Cooper Cup role, which is like middle of the field, get the yak, you know what I mean? Like be able to be swift on your feet, Stafford's number one guy. So it's good that we now have two of those, but it's going to be – a different experiment if Cooper Cup can play next week against Philadelphia. And we'll see, you know, where that, that, you know, that all kind of meshes together. That's not an answer to your question. So the answer to your question, I'm going to say 
It's obviously it's and, and I'll do them in order. It's Cup Puka two two. I think I think a lot of Rams fans would agree with that. I think um, probably some utilization. Yeah, I think of Van Jefferson, and you could probably rotate Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell considering the roles and their route trees are similar. I think in terms of extending the field, being able to take the top off of defense and clear out a safety, those are your two best options. Um, and then now you could obviously get everything in the short intermediate areas with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. I think they're just both zone beaters, but they're both so great against against man coverage also because they're such great route runners and they're so great in short space. I mean, look at this Puka Nakua catch, Nick. This is the one-handed catch that we've been talking about that he bobbled up to himself. It's just insane. Stafford throws on first down. It's gathered in by Puka Nakua. What a story over the first. I mean, he's everything that everybody wants Puka Nakua to be. He's everything that everybody wants a Rams receiver to be. I love what he said after the game, how he's aggressive, but then he goes and calls Les Seed, sir, immediately. Like, he's, he's a kid. He's turning into an adult, and he's turning into a great Rams player, and we all love him. Yeah, I mean that catch is like a that's like a uh, throw that you would make to me on the on, on the beach, and you kind of got like <laughs> tip it up in the air and like bring it in. Like that's a little uh, that's that's little brother energy. That catch, it's like you know potentially messing it up, but then eventually bringing the ball in and you know making everybody happy. Uh, yeah, I it's, it's the fact that you get this guy and he can immediately fill in for cup and like be a like a dynamic like top threat in and in the NFL and in fantasy it's remarkable and i was sitting here like you know the start of the season and i'm like what has Les Snead done as a drafter you know like you know they're good at bringing in talent but like can they really identify it on the draft board this and was then, the year yeah, yeah. This was the year. This is it. And we were like, this is this is where you have to prove yourself less. You know, like you're also the one that signed off on signed off on Goff and you were so ready to throw him away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's and he, he has because we have seen a lot of young guys step up, and you have, you know, Daddy Stafford, who looks to be pissed at at the, you know, at them sometimes, but you know, they yeah. work together and they and they very very small percentage of players that were drafted in the past five years have gone on to earn a second contract with the Rams. So this year was a massive make or break here. Les Snead is a great, great general manager. He knew exactly how to get the Rams over the top. He knew exactly which players to sign who were the missing pieces to put that puzzle together. But then you get to a situation where you're overly relying on your draft picks. You're overly relying on kids like Puka Nakua and Kobe Turner and Byron Young. And all these kids are coming to fruition and they look like they could be cornerstone pieces within your team over the next five, six, seven years. Um, so that's all great and well. And Matthew Stafford is the guy that's distributing the, the, the load here. I mean, it's he injures his hip. Um, is Did that go into some of Sean McVay's conservative play calling? I think a little bit of it did down the stretch when he tried to just condense the offense a little bit, tried to give Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers a little bit more touches um, and just try to get Matthew Stafford in opportunities where he wasn't getting blasted. But he finished the game 27-40 for 319 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. I mean, he's the guy who seems like if you're going to have a high-volume receiver on your team and you're going to lock into a single player and the target share is going to be really high, Matthew Stafford can accomplish that. But he also dished, it, dished out the rock pretty well today. Tyler Higby was the second leading receiver. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how the target share gets distributed across guys like Tyler Higby and Cooper Cup and Puga Nakua, as we talked about. 
Here's Tyler Higby cashed in five receptions, 64 yards as the yes. second leading receiver in this game. I, yeah. I thought Tyler Higby was really impressive. He missed one play. He would have ran all the way into the end zone on that. That I think it was that first long catch down the seam um, that he just tripped and stumbled a little bit, but he probably would have broke it for a touchdown um, after the new contract. Impressive. So there's a lot to go around with the offense. And we haven't even talked about how great the offensive line has been in week four. I mean, yeah. I mean, we hold on. one thing at a time. Let me, <laughs> because I, because what Higby did today, I mean, like after getting your bag and, you know, kind of coming in and people thinking that that was solely a move so they could potentially get uh, Jonathan Taylor to like clean. I mean, I, that's what I thought, honestly. Yeah. Cap, cap savings. Yeah. Open up some cap, cap in 20 Cap saving. I was like, you know, and then you think about the career of Tyler Higby and you're like, this is the best tight end the Rams have ever had. Uh, and just, you know, for all, for a lot of young guys to have like a veteran presence and for it to be that position, which is now becoming this essentially like dynamic receiver position and to be second in targets, like absolutely huge. We needed that. We absolutely needed that today. And he came in clutch. And he's just such a great inline blocker. He's going to, he's going to get every snap that he wants to get uh, because he's able to demonstrate uh, fundamentals in in the run game in the blocking schemes. I think that's that's so important from an inline tight end. If you're going to play all three downs, you have to be able to do that. Tyler Higby's been doing that for seven eight years, and now he's going to go on to do it for three more years as the greatest tight end in Los Angeles Rams's history. And he's got I don't know the best swag, the best dance moves after he gets a first down, whatever you want to call it. I feel like he he's got all that in his bag. I like the um, I think this was the game before the playoff when they won the Super Bowl and they played the Niners and they went up big and they ended up losing. But he has that one, he had that one dance where he was like, he caught the ball and he fooled me because he looked like his back was hurting. But he started to do like break out a little <laughs> bust a move. I love that. That's the best one. I, I mean, I don't know. You don't want to pour up to call him a, a poor man's um, Travis Kelsey, but I'm sure that's no, 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 no. See, after, um, did you hear what Matt fit? Fitzpatrick said, I'm sure you heard this. You see this? No. You hear about this? No? So Fitzpatrick on Thursday night, apparently at some point in the game, called Jared Goff uh, a poor, poor man's, man's Matt Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. And then Jared, after the win, is looking at him and he's like, you know, I didn't know I was a poor man's anything. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, damn, Jared. Um, but yeah, I don't want to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that about Higby. I mean, he, he is, they don't ask him to do the same kind of things as Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I am not asking Tyler Higby to date Selena Gomez. You know what I mean? One to one is a blocker. Maybe you take Higby over over um, Travis Kelsey. You never know. I think that that'll be a good. This is for anybody who's on a Zoom tomorrow that has to like find like a good new analogy at work. Like, hey, we're not trying to make our tight ends date supermodels here. All right, you know, like let's just simplify it. I think that could be used. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So, I, where do you go from there? Is there another? Piece to that metaphor or, or analogy? Where well, no, it's just like it's like don't put the be looking for the horse, you know? Sure, or the heart or the horse before the cart. Yeah, <laughs> I messed up the actual one. I have that. McVeigh does that all the time. I think the offensive line was specifically impressive in this game. You got Joe Nopum filling in for Alaric Jackson. You can't get the run game going without continuity on the offensive line. It seems like this unit was was good enough to be able to get through this game. I thought Joe Nopum was fine. Matthew Stafford only got sacked twice. Um, Steve Avila was moving players. 
that's what he does. He's in the people moving business and just moves bodies and knocks people over like they're bowling pins. One of my favorite players that Les Snead has ever drafted, um, Coleman Shelton, and then Dotson at right guard and Havenstein. I thought they all played really well. Um, impressed with the second offensive line combination because the first offensive line combination featured Alec Jackson, obviously, and then Avila, Shelton, and then at, at right guard, uh, we had no boom and then Havenstein. So a little bit of a variation, I think a little bit of a wrinkle um, in terms of what they could do, but I think they have enough depth there. And you, you didn't even get to see Trey Manakram today, who everybody thought was going to potentially start at right guard. Um, but in terms of protecting Matthew Stafford, in terms of moving people and creating lanes in the run game, this offensive line is capable of doing it. And I'm appreciative when they stick to the ground game, run the ball 34 times and accomplish what it is that they're looking to do. So, yeah, I, I and in going into a game where you're playing the Colts who have Jonathan Taylor, which is this prize, you know what I mean? Like that's what people are talking about. Mm-hmm. It, the Rams are apparently in the mix, all this, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And then to go in there with Kyron Williams, who people still think is like, or at least going in, still thought was a question mark, and Ronnie Rivers, and to completely shut, you know, close that narrative, have your offensive line, like totally step up and allowing Kyron Williams to go out there and make play after play, get his longest yard run uh, from the season, which was like 20 plus yards. Or I mean, like, yep. it was like 19 plus. Um, but still, either way, amazing performance at a Kyron today. Like, probably best. I mean, definitely best in his career, in my opinion. Twenty-five carries, one hundred and three yards, two touchdowns, and then three catches for twenty-four yards. And you also saw Ronnie Rivers get plenty of carries. Um, so I think the dual threat is really interesting. The Jonathan Taylor conversation can probably wait another week. It feels like it's the wrong situation to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Um, I just don't know if it's the right time. It has to be the right draft capital. Capital. It has to be the right situation financially for the Rams to be able to take on a player like Jonathan Taylor. And just getting off of the Cam Akers deal and getting some success from players like Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers leads me to believe that they'll probably wait a few more weeks. It doesn't seem like Jonathan Taylor and the Colts are getting any closer to a deal over there. So I'd imagine it's going to potentially trickle and he'll be week to week to week until they come to an agreement and he'll probably just eat the fines. So I'm, I'm pretty excited over Kyron Williams. I'm more excited over the offensive line and the job that they're doing in the run game. Um, and they're, you know, low penalties, um, not allowing Stafford to get hit a ton. Obviously took a couple and only took two sacks, but still good from a, a backup offensive line perspective. Yeah, 100%. And especially at a team where it feels like if one man goes down, the whole, like it's like you're pulling the bottom card out from a house of cards and like the whole thing yeah. will fall. So for for everybody to step up the way that they did, it's it speaks volumes to what this team can actually be because yeah. it, like we did not you know, if you listen to our our you know pregame before we did not at all downplay what the Colts had, which is a really good team. They have their they have their quarterback of the future. They have their coach, and once you have those two figured figured out, everything else can kind of like flow simultaneously, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. They almost led a 23 nothing comeback and i was just incredibly impressed from what i saw from the colts today like i was blown away in a way that i wish i wasn't <laughs> you know we talked about uh situational play calling red zone third downs i think down the stretch for shane steichen and anthony richardson was nearly perfect 
in the red zone, they drew up a couple of plays that there weren't any Rams defenders within five yards. I mean, Michael Pittman, to be that open when you're drawing up a play on, on the two-yard line, to be able to scheme up a guy in that much space means that you just have so many weapons that you have to take in, into consideration, along with the fact that Anthony Richardson would take off and run at any moment. It felt like any designed run that they had for him in the red zone or into enemy territory, into the Rams' territory, felt like it was going to be successful. And when he was flushed out of the pocket, he obviously has that ability to make plays with his legs. It's It's scary. I think that Aaron Donald did a really, really nice job of being able to contain him. And I think obviously Byron Young and Kobe Turner, the penalty that uh, Kobe Turner got flagged for, for hitting um, Anthony Richardson in the face. I mean, it's two young kids trying to make a play and you're just hopeful that Matthew Stafford can get as many calls as the rookie does. But Aaron Donald, four tackles, two tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits, one sack and countless pressures from the goat. Um, I, I see him every single week and it, genuinely looks like animal planet when there is a lion trying to hunt down a hyena, like when they're hiding behind, I don't know, the grass, a stalk of, of, of a tree or whatever the hell it is. And then like crawling, you can see them like sneaking, crawling. You see their eyes get bigger oh, and then they like, make a play. Has, and that's our man, man eyes where it's like, they'll show the replay and his eyes are like <laughs> super wide and like Look, hyper focused. I, I got a replay for us. Hold on, check it out. Really good coverage, but look at the ability. Look at the speed. Look at the quickness. You don't see defensive ends that can turn the corner the way that Aaron Donald just did. Look at his eyes. Brings down a big man. Two hundred. You could you could see it in that, his eyes. That is the exact clip I was thinking of. So great call out of you to bring that one up. But you watch him and. To see a man that size, like, throw his arms up and almost, like, glide like an eagle as he, like, dives towards him. Like, and his arms probably weigh, like, at least 40 pounds each. And he's just, like, like that taking you down. Especially, like, to see him rejuvenated. Not that he wasn't, you know, completely a maniac as he was last year. He was, but, you know, they, they were on the downwards, like, spiral. And, and then he got injured. Um, he is bringing everything, everything he has, every single snap. And having that on defense makes everybody's job so much easier. And I'm just, I'm still waiting for them to make that statue. This is the statue that has to be outside of SoFi. Donald, given the ring, that's it. That's the statue. I don't know why it's not done yet, but that's where it should be. That's exactly what it has to be. It has to be Aaron Donald. I mean, he's the best player in the history of the Los Angeles Rams, potentially. I know you want to argue it, but he's going to go on and play. Hopefully a couple more years, he's going to be a unanimous Hall of Famer who's hopefully going to win his fourth defensive player of the year. Award, and he's going to hopefully in my opinion. get another Super ring. I'm sorry, what did you say? Should have been Super Bowl MVP. Uh, yeah, and Cooper Cup. Um, big catches late in that game. Took that right away from Aaron Donald, but... He is – doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter at all. They're, we're all sharing the ring. He is the most amazing player that I've seen week to week consistently with really not a ton of help. I mean, when you talk about some of the other personnel around the league, you're watching Miles Garrett rush the passer. You know, you watch um, – I'm trying to think. Uh, Daniil Hunter has some help. Um, some of these other interior guys. You watch Jordan Davis – and you watch uh, Jalen Carter from the Eagles, and these guys just bounce off of one another and play off of each other's athleticism and size. And Aaron Donald is playing with rookies. So 
all yeah. the credit in the world to him. I think that um, the Rams' late defensive struggles um, had to do a little bit with some of the younger players in the secondary. When you're trying to draw up some of those intricate blitz packages and, and exotic blitz packages to try and get home and try and get Anthony Richardson on the ground, you're going to leave some vacancies in the second and third levels. Um, unfortunately, that means that some assignments, you have to be able to be instinctual. Um, and I think that's what Raheem Morris's defense allows you to do. It allows you to play freely and to play with your own speed and to be instinctual. And sometimes when you're a younger player, your assignment falls behind you or they cut because Richardson falls out of the pocket and a broken play is that much more harder to defend. It looks like, oh, what was Kendrick doing on that play? Or what was uh, Fuller? Where was Fuller supposed to be on that play? And you don't necessarily know until you're in the mind of Raheem Morris. And a lot of, a lot of the time fans are not going to see it, but it is based on playing with instincts and field. Jalen Ramsey talked about it all the time. Yeah, struggles struggles of the defense, like almost always, um, except maybe last week. I think, actually, no, especially last week. That's what I meant to say. It, it comes back to the offense. Um, when the offense does such a good job to score so fast, uh, and then the defense has to get right on the field and they get a stop, and the offense comes right back and they score again really fast. The scripted drives have been amazing. But they got really conservative. Uh, and then Brett Maher goes out there and misses two field goals to, like, keep it a, a, a two-score game, which is just like, oh my, like, come on, man. Like, you have to make those. Yeah. The defense is gassed, like fully gassed. And I thought after they gave up the touchdown and the two-point conversion, I felt like the game was over. And then the Rams go three and out, and I definitely felt like the game was over. But the defense to get a stop then, post-punt, where they already had some, like the great field position, essentially, um, that was the moment where I was like, while this defense can get lazy and like feel young, they are they're still like truly like a well put together unit that you can kind of like like last week like hang your hat on when the offense isn't working because I think they they would have stepped up had the offense not have scored so many points already they would have stepped yeah, up they would. agree that's my thought I entirely agree and here's a live picture of Aaron Donald tackling <laughs> his opponent it is the diving eagle yeah that's pretty perfect from Nacho Libre that's exactly what I was thinking of. I mean, it's it's a young defense. I think they're going to get themselves back together in time. Um, they make some really great plays. They make some mistakes. But I think that they're on the right track, and I think that it's the right defensive coordinator for the job. He could have been in Indianapolis. We could have been stuck with the defensive coordinator that we were not all that familiar with. But I, you know, I, I do think that defending the Shane Steich and Anthony Richardson combination is excruciatingly difficult. And the experiment's going really well for Colts fans so far. I think yeah. that – might have a walk-off touchdown. You came back from a 23 to nothing deficit. And Brett Maher allowed you to do that. And I think that we need an upgraded kicker. Um, it's not going to come immediately. might not come at all this season. But this team is not in a terrible position. And to be able to get back to two and two, split games against the, the against both conferences so far. Outside of um, the extra, the, uh, you know, the kicks, the kicker with the yips, everything I've seen from special teams – has been great great yeah. it was so bizarre because preseason it was horrible so you know i i i wonder if they are testing out other kickers right now or like thinking about doing that in the future but 
it is just you get so you can fall in such a comfortable spot when you had Matt Gay and Greg the leg like before you. And these guys are just like consistently drilling 50 yarders to like yeah. get those three points. Um, but I mean, you saw what happened with Greg the leg, who was not done his career and is still in the league on New York. They gave up on him after the hinderings of a bad season in 2019. So if this continues, the Rams will move off of Brett Maher. It, if 100%. It, it, yeah. Like two, two in a row. And what you really just needed one of those two to make it a three-score game. And they and he couldn't hit either of them. There has to be some evaluation going on because you don't you don't need to have your quarterback out there for another possession. You don't need more targets to Puka, Puka Nakua. You just don't. I mean, it makes the game way more stressful than it has to be when your field goal kicker isn't guaranteed to split at least one of two right. within 50-yard line. Right. That, that's, all, that's all I'm asking for, within 50 yards. But he doesn't need to be perfect. I mean, Matt Gay missed a kick. You don't need to be automatic. But just – yeah, yeah, that's true. But, you know, maybe this is all just in my own brain and it's just how I was thinking in the moment, but – when you're in a situation where you get the ball first at overtime and your kicker just missed two field goals and he's known for having the yips, I think that may have put a little more fire under their ass to score a touchdown. It changes overtime. your methodology and play calling. On. Yeah, I, I think it does. I think McVay is, is changing up what – yeah, well, exactly. And I also think what how great it must feel to solidify – what Puka Nakua has done for this team with a game ending touchdown, like that is perfection, especially when Cooper Cup is coming back in, like the following week, supposedly. So you now have two more than capable, like touchdown scoring wideouts that are going to, you know, see this team off into the sunset, hopefully. Like Travis yeah. Kelsey's. Speaking of the Puka Nakua play, why don't we send this podcast off into the sunset with the walk-off overtime touchdown. Stafford throws. There he is. Nakua to the end zone. Rams win. Imagine McVay going up to Stafford. Let's go, baby. Let's amazing, go. Baby. Amazing call from whoever's in the booth, but then also like a limping Stafford. Like, especially like as you're about to come out here and we're going to go see the Rams play the Eagles next week with our dad. And it's like, uh oh, like is Stafford going to be able to play? We're going to get Brett ourselves. Rippin football. We're going to get Brett Rippin and sure. no Cooper Cup would be our luck. But yeah, that would be. <laughs> We're, we're excited just to be out there. We're going to go see the stadium. We're going to go ha- hang out with you for your birthday. We're going to meet a lot of great Rams fans. I'm yeah. way too excited to get out there. Check back on this feed and our Twitter, at Rams Bros on Twitter. Rams Brothers, sorry, the full name. Um, to find out where we are. We're going to be live posting, going to the tailgate. Might even do a live show. Look for the Rams Brothers flag, which we're going to have attached to my Toyota Camry. Uh, and it's going to be a great tailgate. It's going to be super fun. We're going to have a great time. And I don't know if we did we say like and subscribe already? I think we did. Of course. Yeah. But I was, yeah, we, we got them. Like and subscribe. 
Oh, I, uh, and we have an app. We have a cool sponsored ad coming up soon that we're going to get you guys some free stuff. So all you got to do is just listen to the Rams Brothers and you're going to get some free stuff, guys. So Sounds amazing. Let's keep stacking some wins. Let's keep stacking together good episodes. And we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Rams. Go Rams, baby. Peace.